call everybody the Hatcheteers. The Hatcheteers? That sounds awful. <laughs> Greeting, Hatcheteers. <laughs> but anyway, this is the LO Gaming Podcast, and my name is James, and I'm joined by Andrew. And today we're going to be talking about the next generation of games. So with Sony just announcing June 4th, their big PS5 event. Yeah, uh, I'm going to try to catch that live. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's going to be pretty big. That's what a... Uh... What day is it? It's a Thursday, I believe, isn't it? June 4th? Yeah, that sounds right. Yep, yeah, it's Thursday. I'm supposed to get a package that day. I remember that now. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, from what we know, I mean, we, we've had the Xbox event, the big gameplay event. Mm-hmm. We had just all sorts of information from the Xbox side of things. It's kind of nice to get the PlayStation side of things. But first, I want to talk about you, Andrew, <laughs> because this is the first time I've had you on this uh, on this little show. And what we don't really have is somebody from the Xbox perspective, because most of us uh, on my side of things, uh, we're just all PlayStation lifers, basically. Even though my, my background goes all the way back to like the NES era and stuff, because I'm I'm an old fart. But for you, I'm kind of curious. When when did you start playing games? What were your first experiences in game playing games? Um, I played some as a kid. <clears throat> That's not really worth noting how limited it was because uh, I didn't have a console. But it was in high school when I had my first job, and I realized that I had money, and if I wanted a console, I could go buy one. <laughs> Um, so I actually started out with a PlayStation two. Okay. And, um, uh, it was when I moved out to Kansas city, I ended up switching to Xbox out there because similar to how, you know, all your friends here play PlayStation out there. I played Xbox. Okay. So that's, that's the crowd you kind of fell into. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, mostly at that point it was, it was big halo. That was the big Halo time. Right. So Xbox 360, that's around the Halo 3 time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was... Um, I know we played... There was a lot of Halo 2 playing on the original Xbox. And then with the 360, we moved into that. And just kind of... I just went with it from there. Okay. Well, that's cool. So well, you said you started on a PlayStation 2, though. What did you play on PlayStation 2? Oh, man. Uh, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Okay. Um, that was That was one of my favorites. Uh, had some, it was the modern, the modern, not modern warfare, uh, Call of Duty, Medal of Honor. There ah, Medal of Honor, yeah. Yeah, so that was back when, you know, Medal of Honor was actually slightly better than Call of Duty at that point, and then, you know, Call of Duty just sort of took over. Yeah. Yeah, well, that comment, Medal of Honor being better than Call of Duty, that would, <laughs> that's going to light some people up right there. Hey, we're talking old school Medal of Honor. Well, we all have to remember that Medal of Honor, was uh, like the best Medal of Honors were made by the guys who actually ended up making Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, don't know why EA let those guys go, but Activision was smart to pick them up. <laughs> so, you know, and strange roundabout way, the guys who created um you know infinity ward they end up making respawn and now respawn's working with ea again so it's like a strange little vicious circle there but other than that i mean you basically playing halo with your friends and stuff on 360 other things like that so what would what would you say would be your favorite 360 games then 
<clears throat> well, the 360, uh, just from where I entered in, um, I mean, probably some of the later ones. Uh, like I got Skyrim when it released on 360. Um, Fallout 3. Uh, Fallout New Vegas. And... Uh, Halo 3 when that first came out. But, like those those are probably some of the main ones. It's some of the Call of Duty games. I sort of I sort of dropped Call of Duty over the last few years mm-hmm. just since sim- simply because there's so many of them coming out. Right. right. And I'm so busy. Just, I, I just wasn't able to keep up with all this all of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you'd say you're mostly into first person shooters then or um I used to be definitely when I was uh, more my gaming height when I was spending um I know at some points there was like you have a day off. You spend like sixteen hours gaming straight. <laughs> uh, like entered a couple of tournaments. Okay, won a few small prizes, nothing big. But it was. Um, but now I'm more into just open world, more more laid back. Like if I'm if I'm going out and I'm buying a game for about seventy bucks, I want you know a couple hundred hours playtime in it, right. and you know different variables which we're seeing now in a lot of open world games, right. Okay, so, and there was a time when you actually kind of hit kind of a a lull in your gaming hobby, just yeah. for various life reasons. Yeah, you know, uh, being a student. Yeah, going going through school, get my degree, just life stuff with work, and you know, part of it's just just finances. I know for a while, like I didn't even have internet at my apartment, right? Just because everything I did was uh, just for work, and I was traveling so much, I did everything on my phone. So it's like, why, yep. why pay 50 a month or something I'm not even there for? Right. So it's kind of fair to say that you've kind of kept up with what's happening in gaming culture and stuff, but exactly not exactly have been in yeah, it. Yeah, I've watched from a distance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you're mostly caught up with the current trends and yeah. things like that. Yeah, but this, uh, I know, just through this <clears throat> whole, like, three-month lockdown, a lot of us have been in. I've, I've definitely gone back more to gaming mm-hmm. because that's all I have to do right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a ga- gaming right now has a kind of hit a real spike because of the lockdown. And I mean, it's like, you can't even find a Nintendo switch anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just, it's pretty interesting just how games has risen to the point where it is, because it's like, I was thinking, it's like, what if all this happened back in 2000? Oh man. I mean, it's like games existed, but we didn't really have any online games, uh, didn't really have much of anything. And on top of that, everybody was panicking about Y2K, <laughs> you know? I remember that one, too. I've been through a couple of world-ending apocalypses so far. <laughs> but you do have an Xbox One, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. So you didn't do much playing with that, though. Um, I did, I did some. Um, I, did, I did more with that. Uh, right as I was starting back into college, um, there are several guys I played a lot with. We did a lot of Diablo three, um, Call of Duty. That was Call of Duty. I don't remember which one that was. Um, I think it was like the first Future Warfare one. Okay, so that would be uh, Advanced Warfare. Yeah, yeah, that was Advanced Warfare. Yeah, and then when Infinite Warfare, That's, it was uh, Advanced it? Warfare was the last. I think it was the last Call of Duty game I played. Okay. And then, you know, from that point, it was just sort of like just school, work, travel, and, you know, gaming just sort of just diminished from that point. Yeah. Just life catches up with you. Yeah. But it's something you wanted to keep up with. Just, it's oh, just definitely. And, you know, very part low of it in your responsibilities. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the, the sad reality of getting older is, you, you know, you, you don't always have friends available to play. You mm-hmm. know, they have 
uh, they have kids now, and right. I'm still single, so it's just like, yeah, I can still play video games all night, and, right? As long as it doesn't affect my work, yeah. And uh, you know, we we me and you have been working together to um, to try to get you a PC of some kind, and <laughs> mm-hmm. those yeah. have been some interesting struggles in these days. Yeah, we're uh, uh, we're getting those beat. It should be here by next week. Okay, so all right, back into PC gaming. PC gaming really run that. Um, what is that game you're playing now? Um, Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I always want to call Stardew Valley a Harvest Moon. <laughs> Get, it. Getting a custom built PC for gaming so I can play Stardew. Yes. Yep, Stardew at ten thousand frames per second. <laughs> well, I went ahead and uh, I've already purchased Witcher Three, uh, oh, okay. the year, uh, the game of the year edition. Uh, Steam had it on sale for like fourteen bucks. Okay. All right. So. so now that you're getting into PC gaming, though, what what are your thoughts on the next generation of consoles right now? Are you interested? Are you wanting to buy in? Or are you just going to skip it and stay um, on PC? I mean, I I, I kind of like I was I was like I said earlier, just watching from a distance. And now that everything's coming out, we have specs and final results, and what are we going to get? Um, just looking at those this past week, uh, kind of kind of blown away. Yeah. I mean, basically, these things are almost to almost equal to pcs mm-hmm. like i mean they they surpass some low-end ones like yeah. you know a basic one yeah but it's well i mean right now the consoles themselves are going through very big updates this is the closest we've ever gotten to consoles having uh cpus that are equivalent to what's on the market today yeah um because i mean playstation 4 even the xbox one they were running on still generations old AMD Jaguar CPU cores. And that wasn't even up to date then. And when you see how much power they they were able to get out of those consoles on that old um, CPU, I mean, it's really crazy to think of what they could do with up-to-date specs. Yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, <clears throat> Yeah, some of those, it's... um. Yeah, it's, it's 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 mind blowing what the what where we're heading with these things, mm-hmm. uh, especially once once we get VR technology to pair up with the consoles. Uh, I mean, like if, if you're running like the Unreal Five mm-hmm. in a VR headset yeah. with full like 4K, uh, that would yeah, yeah. I don't think I'd ever leave VR. Yeah, but you know, this is a good time to really talk about what we what the main topic of all this is is just what we know, what we've seen from games that have been shown off for the Xbox Series X and Xbox's um, uh, gameplay reveal. And we're soon to get PlayStation 5 games revealed to us, and that's really exciting. What are our general expectations of what we think next-gen games are actually going to be uh, in the future? Not so much what the first generation of these games are going to be, but Beyond that, in year two and year three, what do, what are our hopes and dreams with all that new technology <laughs> packed in those little boxes? Yeah. Um, I guess that would depend on the game. Like I know, I know one of the things I'm looking forward to is how this will affect open world gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, just the ability, like how vast of worlds they'll be able to create now, right? And like, I mean, something like that you can. You, we could we could probably see games a couple of years from now that take like a month to beat because they're just that big. Well, I think it's like one thing that I'm thinking of um, right now is just 
what we think of next gen next gen commonly is we think oh next generation of consoles better graphics better graphics that's always been the thing when it's like when i remember back when playstation 1 was the was the primary platform and going to playstation 2 it was just mind blowing when you saw metal gear solid 2 running on that thing you're like that's not real and then you get the jump from playstation 2 to playstation 3 Xbox to Xbox 360. I mean, looking at Halo 2 and then looking at Halo 3, it was like, wow. And you look at like when, when Halo, just the first Halo came out, you're like, wow, this looks amazing. Yeah. And you look at now and you're like, well, this is all flat surfaces. Yeah. And we, and, and every generation, there's always somebody saying, graphics, graphics can't get better than this. I'm never that person because I always know that graphics can always get better. It's just that a lot of people that's like, why do I need a new generation of consoles? The graphics look great now. But in this case, in this generation specifically, it's not really about better graphics, though that's what we're going to get, obviously. I mean, you mentioned the Unreal Engine 5 demo uh, that Epic unveiled. I mean, obviously, we're going to get really good-looking graphics on everything from console to PC. Uh, but... Yeah, right now, the biggest thing that everybody's talking about and it's going to be the big game changer is the speed of their data transferring with the SSDs, the storage systems, and also um, just the computing power. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? What, what do you think um, could be possible? Like, what, what is the thing that you're thinking that you would love to see that stuff used for? Other than op- you, you mentioned open world games, mm-hmm. and obviously they're going to get bigger. <clears throat> well. With the open world thing, um, having more power and be able to compute more, uh, it'd be nice to see uh, not as many big gaps of just nothing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, in a lot of games you're running through and you just have like, you run through areas where there's there's nothing there right. just to help limit it. It's just, you know, trees and bushes until you get to the <laughs> next town. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's like, it'd be nice to see just, just able to increase the amount of like NPCs mm-hmm. in a game or animals or... Right interactive places and you know it, it vastly increases those options yeah. well let's put this in context of a game that's already existing who could actually um that could actually benefit from these things let's take uh assassin's creed valhalla that okay. just got revealed and how not valhalla specifically but the next assassin's creed could benefit from better cpu better ssd storage and fast transfer and stuff. And when you think about just how games are built now and how we have all these loading, these mock loading areas where you're trudging through mud and you're crawling through tight spaces to hide load so that they can load into the next areas. I mean, outside of that being practical design, like, well, it's a, it's a mountain. Of course you're going to get tight spaces to squeeze through. I mean, that's just realistic, but Actually being able to just go from one zone to the other, no pop-in, no texture uh, deformations or anything like that. I mean, you can only go as fast as the data can stream in, right? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) when you think about things like that, I mean, it's like, I can't imagine just, like, take GTA. You're in a car. The car can only go so fast. Uh, Or a better example, in GTA 5 Online, they have jets. They're zooming over there. The jets, they look relatively slow because they can't go faster than they can load in the terrain, right? (laughs) Now, 
they're not going to have that limit. So jets are actually probably going to look like they're going supersonic. <laughs> where so they like, have last, this. The last thing we need a GTA online is people actually going Mach 1 speeds in jets. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. It's like, that's just too fast. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't think you can build a world big enough to where Mach 1 um, speed is going to be practical for gameplay, obviously. Not yet. Not yet, but <laughs> but do we really want a game that big? I mean, by that point, it's not really a single well, player. Well, I mean, game what about No Man's Sky? That is true, No Man's <laughs> Sky. But having played No Man's Sky, um, that's another game that would benefit greatly, just because of the fact that how unpopulated and how samey sometimes those worlds can get. Yeah, yeah that was like that. that was my issue with that game was uh, just playing single player. You know, now they, they have multiplayer options now. Mm-hmm. But as a single player player, it's like I'm doing the same thing in each cluster of planets. And eventually it's just like, this is very tedious, boring, and repetitive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Tim Sweeney, the creator of the uh, Unreal Engine, he, he uh, was talking to uh, Jeff Keighley uh, in an interview after unveiling the Unreal Engine. He said... This is going to enable the types of immersion we've only dreamed of in the past. The world of loading screens is over. The days of pop-in and geometry popping up as you're going through these game environments are ended. The resulting effect is the ability to build games that are fully immersive from start to finish over hundreds of hours of gameplay. Now, if a developer as brilliant as Tim Sweeney are saying, making comments like that, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it gets me excited for the, the future of what could be, um, especially with um, the next um, Elder Scrolls game being in development. Oh, certainly. So I've, like, I've always been a big fan of those games. I started in that one with um, uh, Oblivion on the PS3. Okay. So at the time I was playing on my roommates and that was sort of what locked me into those games. Was, right. You know, I'd play like 12 hours a day. Right. <laughs> just running around. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like I know... I know people who would live in that world for 24 hours at a time. Yeah. And, and oh man. <laughs> <laughs> and and the thing is like those games look good, but they didn't look great at the time they looked amazing. Yeah, but at the time, <laughs> but even at the time, you know, it's like they had their rough edges. You know, Bethesda's Elder Scrolls games, Fallout games are are well known for the not just, you know, just the way it looks, but you know, their bugs <laughs> which are strangely endearing. But yeah, I mean, when you think about big, vast RPGs and what could possibly be done with the size of worlds and the fact that the next generation consoles are aiming for 4K resolutions, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to wonder how practical that is even now. Well, but I mean, another one with that would be like the Final Fantasy, where those could be taken to. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we all kind of know what Western developers will do with this power. Yeah. It's hard to say what somebody like a Squaresoft will do or uh, from software, you know, with their Dark Souls games and stuff like that. I mean, Sony Japan Studios. I mean, all, all, the, all those Eastern Asian uh, studios and stuff like that, because they make, de- ga- they make games so differently from Western uh, studios. Mm-hmm. You know, because just cultural differences and whatnot. But I don't think we're really going to be able to grasp what next generation games are going to be like until we see them. And hopefully we're going to get more of a idea with Sony's reveal. Because what what Xbox showed off, it was all third party, uh, third party partners is what they call them. And 
but only two of those games they showed were actually Xbox exclusive. Uh, Scorn, which is um, that H.R. Giger alien looking game. Yeah, that one was like, it felt sort of like, ooh, that's gross, but I can't look away. What's going yeah. on? And yeah. sort of like intrigues you to want to find out what's actually happening. Yeah, and it's a horror adventure game of sorts. And that's a timed exclusive, I believe. And then there's, um, uh, what was the other one? Uh, the Ascent, which was uh, kind of like that uh, Diablo style cyberpunk sci-fi yeah. um, RPG. So that one's, uh, I think that one is absolutely 100% exclusive to Xbox. Uh, even though those games and those Xbox showcase, they look good, but they didn't really give you a sense of what next gen games could be. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, going back, it's like I've played Diablo 3. So it's like, oh, so it's like I've, I've played games like this before. Yeah, you, you feel like if these were on Xbox One or PlayStation 4, you would think, totally, yeah, I could totally play those there. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it, it'd be, I really can't wait to see those games that you say, I couldn't play that on a PS4. I couldn't play that on Xbox One. You know, until we see those games, people aren't really going to go, wow, this really is a generational leap. I can say the graphics on the Godfall trailer were pretty amazing. Yeah. Godfall was, uh, they revealed that at the uh, Game Awards um, last year. Still not too sure what all, you know, the game's really going to go with, but just just watching that little trailer. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, man, this, this looks good. Yeah. Like, well, let me ask you this. How important are frame rates and uh, resolution to you? When, I, when, when the words 60 frames per second 4K uh, are mentioned, are thrown out at you, what are your feelings on those? Uh, frame rate's not really something I really look at as too much of an issue because I'm mostly playing by myself. Right. Uh, but resolution, um, I guess, would be more of, a, more of a thing just simply because sticking with current the current gen and where we're moving to, you sort of become accustomed to actually seeing, you know, good resolution and good looking graphics. When you go back and play an old game, mm-hmm. you're just sort of like kind of thrown from momentary loop of, oh man, this isn't as good as I remember it, but it's still fun to play. Right. Yeah. And being somebody who's just played console pretty, pretty much. I mean, it's like, you're just used to 30 frames per second yeah. all the time, you know? And just whatever resolution is thrown at you. So really, it's like it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be very interested to see uh, how how you're going to feel after you get your PC and you're running things at constant 60 or higher. And regardless of resolution, how how you're going to feel about that. It's going to be uh, it's going to be an enjoyment, I think, especially going from because I've only played The Witcher 3 on xbox one so far mm-hmm. so i know especially just with that game going from the console to the computer is going to be a, a a much better quality so I'm, look, I'm looking forward to seeing how good that game looks on the pc right <laughs> yeah it's um with my nephew's pc he uh he's running things at 60 sometimes 100 or or beyond that and i'll, I'll go to like i play destiny on playstation 4 30 frames per second. And yes, people still play that game. (laughs) And I go downstairs and I see him playing destiny on PC and I see the unlocked frame rates on PC. And I'm like, that's just not fair. (laughs) (laughs) Because I look at that. I'm like, Oh yeah. So I don't think I've actually ever 
don't think I've ever played on anything that's gone higher than sixty mm-hmm. or thirty. Sorry. Yeah. So this will be a, this will be a, a new fun experience to look forward to. Well, you you've played uh, Call of Duties. Call of Duties generally, even on PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Sixty, uh, they ran at close to sixty. Okay. Yeah, because for the longest time. Uh, Call of Duty's graphical engine was based on a, a heavily modified Quake 2 engine. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not anymore, but for a long time they were using uh, the Quake engine uh, for for their Call of Duty games. Well, it'll be interesting to see how those evolve with this. I know especially since they've moved more towards like the, um, the Battle Royale style, which in a way is open world, mm-hmm. um, to see, I mean, these Gen Con, like, how those themselves could evolve. Right. And this is, as those are, you know, I think a lot of people play those now. I, well, I know it's like war, uh, call of duty, modern warfare, Warzone will be on the next gen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe they did confirm that. And I'm like playing that now. And when I load into areas, textures are blurry, mountains are blocky and things like that. And then all of a sudden I just pop detail. And even when you're traveling through that world, you still kind of get that weird texture loading uh, every now and then. You don't notice it so much unless you're looking for it because you're too worried about other people gunning you down. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's like it'll be very and, – and this is something that will very quickly be taken for granted it are those loading times, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that could be a good thing because that means things are normalizing to a point where it's like, wow, that's fast. That would be nice because I remember back the um, playing Skyrim on the 360. I mean, you, you were looking at something you get like minute and a half load time sometimes. Yeah, and you just you know just leave your console, grab a sandwich, come back, and it's still loading. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine playing a game where you start it up and it starts. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's like it's kind of like when you have a move uh, from a hard drive to an SSD when you're loading Windows from, from cold startup. I mean, it's like my, my, when we uh, switched over my nephew's uh, hard drive to an SSD, um, it went from taking about mm, two to three minutes to load Windows to like 15 seconds. <laughs> it's like crazy. Well, it's not as bad as the, uh, the the crash my computer just had. Where it would take about an hour to boot up. Oh, man. And it would take about 30 minutes to start Steam after that. Yeah. So, never really figured out what it was, but it did a full wipe and reinstalled the OS, and it's good now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right now, it's like, in conversations with other people, people are really looking forward to, like, what you said. Um, the CPU power mm-hmm. alone is going to allow people to, like, have much more vibrant, more realized worlds. More NPCs. Hopefully, better AI. <laughs> You know, so that you can have more varied encounters with people. It's it's going to be pretty exciting to see what happen, happens there. Because when you think of, uh, do you know anything about the latest Watch Dogs game? Um, that's that's uh, in development. Supposed to come out beyond it's in development. It's about as much as I know. Yeah. Well, they talked about. I'm trying to remember the full name of it, but they talked about you know being able to switch from any character in the, in the game world. So each in each characters literally could be a player. I mean, when you think about that on just current gen, that's kind of mind blowing that they could pull that off. And you're thinking that can't be real, but it's like, 
now with this new technology and that they've actually postponed the games into this gen, into this new gen, it's like now you're thinking, wow, they were able to do that on PlayStation 4. That'd be amazing to see what they can do with PlayStation 5 and the computing power behind that. It's 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 a big move forward, and yeah, it's just gonna be. I'm looking forward to being surprised. Um, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing what PlayStation reveals on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, just generally, like they've always been, they've always delivered well, like efficient. I don't think I've ever, I've not owned a PS3 or PS4, but if I had the money to buy them, I definitely would have because I've never been disappointed by what PlayStation has brought out. Right. So I. One thing that I can imagine people doing is with Xbox being more PC friendly these days, they're putting their first party games on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how that strategy plays out in the future. I mean, I have a hard hard time believing that they'll put every single one of their first party exclusives on PC because then it's like, why would you buy an Xbox at that point? Yeah, well, that is that is a cool feature that Xbox and Microsoft do have, um, especially with one of their with their more. Uh, like their their gaming membership that you can get. Yeah, Game Pass. Game Pass, yeah. It works on both. Like, it works for the computer and your Xbox. Mm. So, you know, just having, like, that that one pass that you're having to pay yeah. for. Yeah, Game and Pass. And it wants you to ult- play on. Yeah, you're talking about a yeah. Game Pass Ultimate. Yes. Yeah, the uh, yeah. that's their highest tier uh, subscription. I think yeah, it's like fourteen ninety nine after that first few months. Um, yeah, which, which isn't bad, considering that gives you the gold membership plus access to you know, whatever games they have on there at the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, I can imagine them taking something like Halo Infinite, not putting it on PC at launch, maybe putting it on PC like a year later or something, or, or putting it on Game Pass a year later. Yeah. Though they did say that, uh, I think they did say that all of their first party games are going to be on Game Pass day and date. Okay. So I think was, they did say that at E3 last year. When I tried it out, that was sort of my big thing, which I didn't really was some of these new games I wanted to try weren't on there. Mm-hmm. And so it's just sort of like, you know, this is a good thing, but until it fully catches yeah, up. they got to build the catalog. Yeah, until like, you know, a game comes out and I'm, I'm you know, I'm paying Microsoft, you know, 15 bucks a month. I can just hop on and play it. Yeah, yeah but I th- also think that's the other thing about being on PC is the fact that you don't have to pay a separate s- subscription to play yeah. online. <laughs> that's the other advantage uh, for PC players. It's the the last free playing world. Unless you're an MMO player, then you're paying access to that world. Yeah. But that makes sense. But I can imagine people being, if they're not going to buy an Xbox, I imagine that they'll probably get a PC and a Switch or or a PC or a PS5. You know, because it seems like for me the necessity would be I need a way to play Xbox games. If the Xbox Series X comes out at like above five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. like six hundred, seven hundred dollars, then I'm thinking yeah, I can buy a pretty decent PC for that for a little bit more. Plus, it has other functions and tools that I could use the PC for. Because that's the other thing you were going PC for is that you're a video editor. Yes. So it's like you want that capability. Yeah. So it's like I want a machine that can you know it can handle playing games at the same time you know process and let me do what I need to do with, with editing videos. Right. So, I mean, that's why PC makes sense for you. I mean, personally, I would love to have both consoles. Yeah. You know, I would love to have an Xbox Series X and a PS5. I do have an Xbox One. I haven't really played anything on it just because all the games that I want to play, they're also on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And they don't really, can't, they haven't really 
brought out any first party uh, exclusives where I've been like, I I have to play that, you know. Yeah. Well, no, with some of that, like one of the things that really interests me is the backward compatibility, hmm. um, because I'm actually looking into. I, I think it's mixed. It probably won't be this year, but I would like to get a PS5 simply because um, there's just there's just so many exclusives I've never played that are on PlayStation. Right. So um, you know, especially with like full backward compatibility um, uh, catalogs and so forth. I can go back and play years worth of games that I've never gotten to play before. Yeah, Xbox coming out and saying that they will be launching with uh, support for thousands uh, of games in their back catalog. I mean, I think the desire for backwards compatibility is a lot louder today than what it ever has been in the in the past. Well, I know in the past there wasn't as much to lose. So, like, moving into the 360, you know, it's like you had Xbox games. You know, that was it. Right. Um, and then you move, you know, moving into the Xbox One, it was a little bit more of an issue because you're like, hey, you know, what about all these other games? Right. But, I mean, by that point, I really wasn't playing much of my original Xbox games. Right. And so now the point where they're offering that is just like, well, that's cool because I can go back and just play whatever I want to. Yeah. Yeah. Backwards compatibility for me. I, I can't say that it's uh, an important thing to me because I'm not one to go back and play games that I've played before unless it's been years later. And I've been fortunate to where the games I want to replay have been brought up to the current gen or I have some other way of playing it. But when when I think of, you know, times where backwards compatibility that I've been most thankful for is when I've had my Xbox 360 and they started doing backwards compatibility on that console. I had never played Knights of the Old Republic. It's a great game. uh, Because I never owned uh, an original Xbox. And being a big Star Wars fan and not having that under my belt, it's almost like a shame to me. So (laughs) so basically, going back and playing that game on, on Xbox 360, I was very thankful for um uh, that backwards compatibility. Yes, I don't know if it was ever just my copy or not, but mine always kept crashing oh, at really? the worst times and you'd lose like 30, 45 minutes of gameplay sometimes. Oh. So I hated it. It would, just, it would just freeze. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not, there's nothing worse than losing power or having a game crash on you in a crucial moment. <laughs> like I've had power go out on me on certain points. It's like I've just lost like three hours <laughs> of of data. If it goes out and stays out, I might be upset, but I'll get over it. But when it's just a quick flash and it resets it, that's uh, that's that's too much. Well, I think quick saves are a lot better now than what they used to be. Because I remember, you know, back in the days when we were still using memory cards and things like that, um, you had to go to save spots. Yeah. You know, like I remember playing Resident Evil and you have to have those ribbons for the typewriters to... to you know, to save. And if you're in the middle of a mansion and you've just played like two hours between saves and then all of a sudden power goes out right before you save in a game like that, that's so slow and plotting and just terrifying at the same time. It's like, Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. So I have, I have uh, memories of stuff like that, but yeah, quick saving has, has come a long way, but at the same time, you do risk uh, data corruption yep. and losing everything. That's happened to me. Yeah, I've, I've had that before with a game, and I was years ago. 
um, the file got corrupted, and I just got so mad, I got rid of the game and never played it again. Yeah. It's like I was like, I'm not going back and putting that much time into it. Yeah. Well, I guess you didn't like the game that much then. <laughs> it was fun, but uh, hey, I think I was still in high school at the time, and you know, just, just frustrated with it. It's like, this isn't worth it. Yeah. Well, with that being said about memory and all like that, with more dependence upon the SSDs, you, you got to wonder where all this stuff is going is cloud saving is mm-hmm. something that's going to be a good solution. It's like, we haven't really heard about any cloud initiatives for the next generation. If there, if any at all. Um, I mean, we know that Microsoft is messing with um, uh, X cloud, their Xbox uh, cloud initiative mm-hmm. uh, for streaming games. Sony has PlayStation. Now, how do those factor into next generation? That'll be very interesting to see uh, what Sony does with those services. So, I mean, if next gen games are going to be as big as they are, and we've already seen what happened to Stadia or what's not happening with Stadia, uh, (laughs) rather, I mean, it's like, and how difficult that was to just get current gen offerings and things up and running to a point. I mean, I think Stadia was just, just barely slightly ahead of the, ahead of the game. Um, I I think that they, they just jumped out just a little bit too soon. Mm -hmm. Um, if they'd waited, they might've done better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like really though, somebody's got to take that first stumbling step yeah. out of the gate. And it just so happened to be Google. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, at least it was someone I could afford it. That's very true. That <laughs> so, is, that is very know, true. Not really putting any little studios or anything out of business. And, and the thing is, is that Stadia hasn't been canceled yet. They're still, they're still hanging on. You don't really hear them like saying anything about suffering or them being shut down. They're still plotting forward. They still believe in that future. And I really do hope that they keep with it so that they can teach others what to do or what not to do. Uh, and Microsoft, they're, they're still in beta with their, with their initiative. And so they're keeping things very, very small, which is probably what Stadia should have done. They should have just released in beta. Just that word beta just offers you so much lenience with people. You know? Why isn't this working? Well, it is beta. Yeah, but that also didn't help that they were charging people what they were charging. Yeah, that was and, that was that was a little ridiculous. They, I mean, as as many issues as they're having, they should have kept it free. Yeah, um, but yeah. well, like we said, beta. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that's something that we're not going to see with these next gen consoles. There's not going to be a beta period. That's true. So they yeah. just got, the consoles have to work right out of the gate. Yeah. Well, I mean, Microsoft what they're working on with the smart delivery is actually. I mean, that's. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Once you buy a game, um, you know, with your profile or whatever, you could play it on any any device that they're supported by. Yeah. That's a fun initiative, too, because they said every single game uh, that they showed at their game uh, gameplay showcase, they said they will be that smart delivery. Mm-hmm. Uh, all except for Madden 21, where they're not opting into Microsoft's way of doing it. They're doing their own way of doing that by saying... Yeah, we'll honor that upgrade if you upgrade to an Xbox Series X version within a set time period. I mean, nothing against Madden, but you know, nobody cares. <laughs> I like Madden. <laughs> I haven't played a Madden game in years, but I, mean, I, I like play, if I'm going to play football, I'm going to get on the grass and hit somebody. <laughs> that's true. So, yeah. yeah so I think that's the one the one series of games that I've just I never really got into, except for some racing games with sports. Mm-hmm. It just didn't make sense to me why I would want to play sports on a console when right. I could just go outside and play. Well, that's one thing I'm really excited about um, 
2 is just the next generation of sports games. With the new computational power and everything like that, I mean, you can like fully realize stadiums and crowds now yeah. in a very big way. Uh, also, it's like if the NCAA football license actually becomes a thing, um, which it might, it might not. But um, if it ever comes back, you can have full marching band stuff. I mean, you can have the actual college experience. <laughs> Like right, right there. Madden Marching Band Twenty One. I don't know. I mean, well, they make Farming Simulator. Why not a Marching Band Simulator? <laughs> oh, man, I do. I do play a farming game in my hobby. That's uh, I enjoy that. It's nice, peaceful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But pretty much everything about the next generation. Like, what exactly has you the most excited about it? Um. I already mentioned it some, but just like one, you know, bigger worlds, bigger games. Right. Uh, like you're not just when, when you go out because I mean, for, especially for me, like 60, 70 bucks, that's, that's, that's actually a fairly big deal if mm-hmm. I'm buying a new game because that's, that's a good chunk of money. Right. Um, so it's like when, when I, like I look at each game as an investment, has how much time or gameplay am I going to get out of this? So you're looking at the for, value. Yeah. So it's like there's some games that come out where I'm just like, you know, I don't really see this you know, taking too long to play or whatever. Oh, I might wait a year or two and pick the game up for, you know, 10 bucks in a bargain bin and then right. play it. Right. Uh, just cause I'm, I'm not really in a rush, right. but just, uh, um, I'm really looking forward to see just to see how this, like the new unreal, uh, just how that's going to be incorporated just with the, the more than just graphics, but it's the lighting and the dynamics of everything. Like it's, um, it's just, it's mind blowing how, how much, um, information these consoles are gonna be able to handle. Uh, so just, just like, um, I know with, with the time of the five, just like the, the, the polygon counts right. are like astronomical and it's like, no, I can't wait to actually play a game with that. Well, the one thing about the Unreal Engine five that I found very interesting was when they're talking about the 3d modeling inside of that temple where they t- showed a statue. Mm-hmm. They said that that was just straight from ZBrush. They didn't have to downgrade the polys or anything like that so they can fit it with the engine. They just scanned it, put it in just as is. And that right there, developers are screaming how awesome that is because it's like, oh my gosh, you mean I can just make something and put drop it in? Yeah. You know, it's like I don't have to modify the file or do this or anything like that. And that's going to cut down on development time uh, for a lot of people. But um, yeah, I'd say the one thing that I'm most excited about is just what this new hardware, the new computing power and combined with the SSD um, speeds for both Xbox and PlayStation 5, I'm kind of really excited for what kind of new ideas are going to be enabled because so many developers like we really wanted to do this, but it was just not possible. Uh, on any on any level yeah, uh especially because like you know just from where i started with gaming where i am now um it's just like i used to be you know i, I want you know I was, I was a first person shooter i want fast i want to shoot things blow things up and now i'm like now i want story mm. and uh what this would enable what kind of stories you could tell with right. this you know it, it's I'm looking forward to see what gets told. Yeah. Yeah. Really story. When it comes to story, you're only limited by the pen, by by the writer. Uh, But when it comes to realizing what's on the page on the screen, I mean, you think that, well, maybe that's 
easier easier than what than what you think, but it's normally not because it's like getting a special effect to work in a movie. That's one thing when you don't have any caps or limitations or a or power power budget yeah. to really worry about. But it's like oh, to get this to do that kind of particle effect and this and this and this. That's going to allot this much processing power and this much power and this power, which is going to take away from that. And it's like, if that happens, that game's going to crash <laughs> because we do not have that ability to just let it happen in real time. You know, I don't, I don't think most game developers have, you know, Avenger level budgets. Well, you'd be surprised actually by some of them, but they are hundred million dollar budgets for some games. Um, yeah. And they're just going to get more expensive too. So that, that, I mean, I guess that's another thing that comes with it, which also interests me is um, how this will affect price. That's the other thing I wanted to bring up is next generation price, not just consoles. I'm more talking about the price of games. Yeah. Right now, we've been seeing a lot of different kind of uh, monetization um, initiatives over the years, loot boxes. Battle passes. Not a uh, fan at all. Pay to win services, yeah. different things like that. Even people outside of those realms saying, I will take your account, I will level you up, you will reach this rank, and then I'll give it back to you. <laughs> or gold farming, things yeah. like that. I mean, it's just kind of funny the economy that kind of grew up out of this monetization thing, but it seems like, and this has been said over and over again everywhere, is that game prices has not have not gone up in like over a decade. Yeah, and it's we've been at fifty nine ninety nine here in the U.S. for a very long, long time, um, and it's and I'm kind of wondering, would you be how high would you be willing to pay for a game? It would really depend on the game, on the game, and what I would get out of it. Um, just for argument's sake, uh, we'll go with say like if there's a new Fallout coming on next gen, uh, which I'm sure there will be, um, or like the next Elder Scroll game, right? Um, I mean, if the, if the next Elder Scroll game came out and was listed at, let's just, just go say a hundred dollars. Yeah, but if it guaranteed um, you a hundred hours, yeah, that would be if, worth if it. If they're you. like, hey, like if you do this or like you could get like three to four hundred hours in the main storyline, and then I'd be like, sure, I'll, I'll pay that. I'll find a way to get make that work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's like starting when we when we think back about, uh. DLC, downloadable content, and how it all came to be, you know. I mean, it was Elder Scrolls who, games who famously kind of, you know, everybody talks about the horse armor. I, I, I actually bought that. Yeah, a lot of people did. <laughs> I, I thought it was pretty cool at the time. I was it, like, hey, I can buy things that aren't in the game. Right. And it was, you know. And- but it's like, it's funny because it's like, I think a lot of people would be, be- more willing to go back to something like that. You know, old DLC, old season pass type of stuff. Although people probably be a little less hesitant yeah. about the season pass thing. But well, the thing with some of it is, um, like, I, I don't want to see stories or like part of the stories. Like, if it should, if, if it should already be on a hamburger, it should come with a hamburger, <laughs> not sold separately. Like, if I order a cheeseburger, it should already come with a cheese. I shouldn't have to pay extra for that. Hmm. Uh, so if you want to throw accessories at me, just as like extras or, you know, something extra to do or some cool guns. Yeah, sure. You know, I, I might put some money into that. But when you start doing things like, oh, the story is broken up over these DLCs, 
It's like, that's, I, I don't really like that that much. Like, I, I want the whole story in one package, especially with right. some of the prices. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of people would, I mean, it's like, I think the majority of people just want their game complete 100%. I bought it. Now let me have it. <laughs> um, I mean, so let me put put this scenario. What if the, you like you bought it, but the DLC is coming later, but it's free? Let's say that, that that wouldn't bother me. That wouldn't like, bother you. Yeah, that's that's free. I'm not paying anything. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of some specifics, but um, it's you know some some of those games I've played them so long, it's hard to yeah hard to pull some of them out. Well, I do know that for me, when it, when I look at you know monetization, if it meant adding ten twenty dollars to a game and all that stuff just goes away. I would say, yeah, slap that extra little bit on each game, yeah. and I will pay that. Yeah. <laughs> Just get this stuff out of here. Oh, I know, I know, one of the big ones which I I, I would like to see go away is stuff like the loot crates, um, where it's you know it's randomized. There's you know small percentages. Like um, I know there was the big controversy when um, uh, EA released Battlefront mm-hmm. on how like the only way to unlock certain characters was through those loot crates. Well, it, it was. Or unless you wanted to grind. For- well, having played Battlefront 2 yeah. during that time, uh, I had bought it digitally, so I couldn't get a refund on my pre-order. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, I guess I own it. Going in and playing the game at the beginning and stuff like that, um, it was it was shocking just how much it was telling you, if you want to get this quicker, best route is to give us some money. Yeah. And maybe, just maybe, you might get what you're looking for you know i mean it's like oh boy <laughs> it's, it's, it's like they try to take um like mobile phone gaming um like that sort of core and try to apply it to console gaming and it's like that doesn't belong here no yeah like i mean if you're playing a little game on your phone not when you're charging 60 dollars yeah. a game because like, i've already paid 60 bucks for this game why should i have to fork out I mean, in some cases, people are forking out hundreds of dollars to try to get some of these things yeah. and packages and loot crates. And- yeah. Well, with budgets going up with this next generation, I imagine that unless something, you know, changes like some technology, like Unreal Engine 5 might actually help with some of those costs, you know, with how, mm-hmm. you know, you can just click a box, make this apply that. And so it's like less custom things that you have to actually Im- implement maybe that'll help things you know maybe keep things still at the level that they are but like i said i would definitely be perfectly fine with paying an extra 10 20 maybe even 30 dollars per game because i'm kind of beyond the point where i'm like i gotta get every single game that comes out oh yeah definitely now i'm you know with my own time i'm like i don't want to spend all that much time playing games so much i I want to get those experience and stuff like that, but I don't need to own like all of them all at once. You yeah. know, I think the last games I bought was actually a couple of months ago. I bought a couple of indie games for my switch. Mm-hmm. And it was like, they were on sale, you know, lockdown, nothing to do. So yeah, you know, threw 10 bucks into the Nintendo store and got like yeah. three games out of it. Yeah. But yeah, but in closing, I just wanted to go over some, uh, some uh, next-gen events that, well, not next-gen events, but upcoming events that we might actually get more information about. 
uh, games. Uh, Sony, obviously, the PS5 reveal June 4th, this Thursday, um, today being May 31st. Uh, IGN, the big video game site, uh, they're having an event called Summer of Gaming that's all June long. And so it starts day after the Sony event. So it's almost like we're getting kind of a weird E3 via IGN because they're going to be doing interviews and stuff. Maybe we'll get more next-gen information from different games that they'll be revealing. Um, EA, EA is having their uh, digital event June 11th, so we might be hearing more about Madden and what else they might have up their sleeves. Who knows? Maybe we'll get a tease of the next uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, uh, it's still not a big fan of EA. I mean, they definitely did it. They did an okay job with this last you know um last star wars game yeah but as but we have to be honest that's all respawn at that <laughs> yeah. point because ea left them alone let them do their thing and hopefully you know they'll continue to do that yeah, i feel like ea just wants your money and that's it oh they they're, they're like <laughs> activision they they really are very give, much a business give us your gold yeah they, they're, they're capitalists through and through but um then you have Ubisoft. They're having an event in July. I think it's July 12th. Yeah, July 12th. They're calling it Ubisoft Forward. Okay. Obviously, we're going to get more Assassin's Creed Valhalla out of that. Maybe finally see some real gameplay. <laughs> Which will be interesting just because, uh, just off the last one with Odyssey, just like those large-scale battles you could participate mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Uh, just imagine how big they could be now. Yeah. Like that, that's going to be, yeah, especially when they're talking about rating and things like that and having AI companion team. I was like, uh, like be able to take those same size battles and put it into a city. Like that's, it's going to be phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, Xbox, they said that they're having a, um, a July event. They haven't said when, but it'll probably most likely be after Ubisoft later in the month. If they stick with the stick with what they said, but they did confirm in that July event, they will be showing, uh, Xbox game studios games. That means first party Xbox games. And, uh, they did say for sure, Halo infinite is going to be shown off. Nice. So that's going to be, that's going to be good. So yeah, we have plenty of opportunities throughout the summer, pretty much to just get nothing but game reveals since E3 got canceled. Uh, Gamescom got canceled. And that was normally the big one after E3, yeah. but they're doing their digital event as well. Tokyo game show in Japan for September got canceled. Um, don't know if they're going to do anything digital. So it's kind of not nice to know that we're still going to get these announcements and events and stuff to kind of break up the monotony of <laughs> everything that's going on. And it's going to be a nice hot summer, too. Get out there, cut some grass, make some extra money, afford a console. It's actually been kind of cool down here in the <laughs> south lately. We haven't hit 90 degrees yet. Man. Uh, it, Wednesday. It's supposed to be 90. Oh, really? Wednesday. We're finally getting there? Yep. See, that's the thing about... I'm not happy. That, that's the thing about the changing of the seasons around here. They never happen gradually. They just hit you. <laughs> like, yeah, it was 65 yesterday. It's supposed to be 90 by Wednesday. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it could be worse. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and for the PlayStation 5 event, that's that's definitely um, going to be, I hope, very eye-opening because we still have a lot to learn uh, from PlayStation about backwards compatibility. Well, they probably won't even talk about that. They're probably just going to talk nothing but PS5, yeah. um, which I wouldn't mind. But there's still a lot of questions. I mean, they had their controller reveal. I don't think they're going to have hardware reveal. I don't think we're going to see the console. We're definitely not going to get a release date or a price. I don't know. Maybe they maybe surprises. Well, that's the thing. Xbox and Sony are, they're in a game of chicken right now when it comes to price. 
Yeah. It's like, who blinks first and let's undercut them. <laughs> but I can't imagine, I can't imagine Xbox undercutting Sony by too much with the machine that they're yeah. putting forward. I mean, it's such a big, beefy I mean, machine. Either way, I'm, I'm expecting to take home one of these new consoles. It'll probably cost around, probably close to 600 I mean, like, even if it's only 500 once you pay taxes... Yeah, once you pay, pay tax, you're, which you're on the gonna, other side of... Probably going to grab a game with, too, that might come out at launch. So, I mean, you could be looking at six to $700 oh. on release day. Yeah, I mean, for me, I know it's like I would want to save at least $700 yeah, I mean, the for new, console and a game. The new custom PC I just had built, I paid $800. Like, <laughs> oh, that's not too bad, actually. Yeah, I know. When you look at it like that, it's just like, I mean, I was a custom-built PC, and, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be pretty beasty, but... um. It's just like the consoles coming out, they're the same price now. Pretty much. Yeah, so it's I, I know that whatever they sell the Xbox Series X for, it's definitely gonna be pretty good value unless they charge a thousand dollars for it. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully with with this release, um I mean that's that's gonna last you for several years. Hmm. Uh, I wouldn't expect to see like a Xbox X one X or something coming out in two years. Yeah. An upgraded. Yeah. System. Yeah. I think we're more likely to see that from Sony first because it just doesn't seem like, uh, the series X needs to be upgraded anytime soon, you know, <laughs> even within the next two to three years. Yeah. So, I mean, like if you look at it from the investment standpoint, that'll, that'll be a pretty good machine. That'll, that'll hold you over for several years. Mm-hmm. Well, that's our thoughts on next generation and things like that. And I'd like to thank you, Andrew, for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And this is the LO Gaming Podcast, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>